You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to the SLC Dunk Podcast. This is your host, James Hansen. I'm here with Calvin Chapel from SLC Dunk. It's been a little bit, but we wanted to get on, and we've got, we're, we're, we're dedicated to doing this podcast every week. It may switch up here and there, but we're excited to be back and talk about this Jazz team, who, by the way, have just lost five games in a row. Things are looking a little different than the last time we were talking, Calvin. Um I guess let's just dive in. What's going on with the Jazz right now? Yeah, well, last time we were talking, we were discussing whether the Jazz should tank or not, and that's probably something we're going to talk about all year because they are a team that I think it's pretty clear at this point that they're a good team, but they are not a deep team. Once you're missing one of your key players, like right now the Jazz are missing Mike Conley, it gets really thin after that where instead of having a Conley and Sexton point guard unit, you've now got a Sexton and Horton Tucker or kind of Nikhil Alexander-Walker point guard unit, and it's just that's such a downgrade. That, and all of those guys have shown flashes of really good play, but it's just the consistency is not there. That's a lot of youth and not a lot of on-court control. And I think we'd see the same thing with a lot of different positions if – if Jordan Clarkson missed some time or Kelly Olynyk or Lowry Markinen, I think that that would, we'd see something pretty similar because the team, the jazz are not a very deep team. They're not built to handle that type of injury. And so once we're missing one of those guys and we've got a tough schedule, like we've had, we're going to start dropping games. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing we've found out is, uh, just how vital Mike Conley is to everything the Jazz do, at least offensively. Um, it, you know, we we saw Mike Conley go down, and there were times when this season started that the Jazz were so good and they were playing so well and they were so like surprisingly good. Where I was just like, all right, we'll say goodbye to everything I thought this season was going to be, and just like embrace this team that's really fun and shares the ball and and plays hard and and is good in the clutch and all these things. And it's like Mike Conley went down. Everything just has honestly kind of just, it's weird. It's not like it's like come to a halt because they're still assisting each other. They're still moving the ball. You can still see that the system that Will Hardy's instilled is really good offensively. It's just, they don't have without Mike Conley they're It's just, there is no one on this team that is like a natural or super gifted playmaker to that helps set up other guys. They just, they don't really have that. Clarkson, you mentioned Clarkson. Clarkson's been been really great this season, and he's evolved. He's averaging 
you know, I think it's he's in the four range now, but at one point he was averaging over five assists per game. And, and you know, we were seeing some evolution. Obviously, Larry Markinen has had just a breakout year and has looked fantastic and maybe an all-star. But, man, when you don't have Mike Conley kind of being that cornerstone playmaker, it just really makes the, the offense just becomes a lot of iso ball. It becomes a lot of guys that can kind of drive and kick. And that's kind of the extent of what they can do as a playmaker. And, and it's rough. I, I honestly, I don't know. I guess that's my question is how good is this team potentially if Mike Conley gets traded or if he doesn't come back for another couple of weeks or who knows how good are they? Cause, cause I don't know if they're just playing poorly or if they just don't have the pieces to be very good. I think without Mike Conley, they're a pretty mediocre to lower than average team. They're, uh, it's music to my ears to hear you saying that Mike Conley is uh, <laughs> so important to the team. I've been, I have been pushing that for years now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to blame Quinn Snyder because he's the one who made me think I needed to put a nail in the coffin. And, uh, he, and he's he, fantastic. You're right. He is just he is the steady hand, not just on offense but on defense too. I think that's the part of his game that gets vastly underrated is his defense because he's a small point guard. So we have the, you know, we see him looking underwhelming on defense, but it's been a consistent. It's shown through the numbers consistently every year that when Mike Conley's on the court, the Jazz are better on both ends of the court, and when he's off, they get worse on both ends of the court. We're seeing it again this year. Like you said, the offense is still working. It's not as good, but like right now the Jazz are still, I believe, ranked fifth in offensive rating, and they have dropped down to 20, somewhere in the low, high 20s in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. We're just – the Jazz are not a good defensive team, and having Conley there helps them a lot. No, he's not a, a huge defensive presence, but what he is is someone who's in position – who knows how to play the game. He's he's disciplined and he stays where he needs to be. And it has an effect on both ends of the court. And so that's why I thought Mike Conley makes a lot of sense as a trade target for a lot of contending teams back when I thought for sure we'd be trading him. Now I'm not sure if they're still going to be trading him, but if they are, there should be suitors. Well, that's the thing is, and that's the question is, what do the jazz do with Mike Conley? Because he's probably going to be, according to Shams, when the thing came out, and by the way, Shams was right. It was funny. Like Shams came out with that tweet that said two weeks for Mike Conley. And then a bunch of other people said, no, it's going to be much shorter than that. Well, it turns out Shams was right. It's going to be another week probably. And, you know, I, I guess if he comes back in a week, that's, you know, that's what two, three games probably that, that he will miss. Um, I guess that this, this whole this five game losing streak, the jazz, I think you tweeted it out are like one and five without Mike Conley and 11 Mike, and six with him. Yeah. So they're with Mike Conley. They're a very good team. Just a very like a playoff contending team without Mike Conley. They are, they are one and six. So the question is, or one and five, whatever it is. The question is if the jazz are so dependent on a 35 year old point guard who probably is going to play 60 games this year, 60 to 65. Um, and that's probably being, you know, pretty generous. Yeah, that's the, fair. That's probably pretty fair. 
uh because he's already missed like what five six games and so mm-hmm. uh the question is is like what are what are you doing i mean if, if everything depends on 35 year old mike conley yes you're a good basketball team but we've seen you know we saw when a few years ago he, he we play the memphis grizzlies and conley was awesome but guarding John ja Morant for like four games straight, he got hurt. He pulled his hamstring or whatever. And I just get a little worried that, you know, yes, it's like fun. Yes, the season has been a blast. Mike Conley's, you know, reinvention or whatever has been really fun. But is it a lot of short term kind of fun that makes you miss out on some long term? I'll, I'll be honest. Some of the stuff going on right now with like Minnesota losing Carl Anthony Towns and looking at the Jazz standings in the draft makes me think this is not only a team that could get like a great. I mean, we have so many picks in the future. You're talking about potential dynasty stuff. If you hit this year and get someone really good and then you start adding like top five, 10 talent every single draft to already good talent with a good coach. I mean. For me, my thing is, is I think we've kind of learned it's probably time to think about what you can get for Mike Conley from somebody. The only issue is he does have a pretty big contract and he has two years left on it at like 22 million. So it's kind of hard to move him. But I should the Jazz think about trading Mike Conley to just let these guys develop? Or is it something where you just want to keep him and and keep winning games? I think that Danny Ainge and the Jazz are just playing the asset game where they just, they're going to trade people if they get good value. And if they're not going to get good value, they're not going to trade them. I think that they're, they're doing like what we saw Sam Presti and the Thunder do. They traded Westbrook and got back Chris Paul and everyone wondered why they would want Chris Paul and waited for them to trade him and they didn't trade him. And he stayed all year and led them to a playoff series. And then after that, they got the value they wanted and traded him. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't think that there's a timeline. I don't think Danny Ainge is saying Mike Conley has to be gone by deadline or Kelly Olynyk has to be gone by the trade deadline. I think they're going to keep playing them, keep letting all of their young players or most of their young players, um, <clears throat> Abaji, <laughs> yeah. get, get minutes <laughs> um, and get development. And then as they, you know, when they get that value, I think anybody's on the table. So once there's someone who's willing to trade enough to make Danny Ainge raise his eyebrows, I think that they'll be they'll be gone. So that could be this year at the deadline, that could be in the offseason, or it could be, you know, maybe it doesn't happen at all. But I think that the Jazz are in a unique situation where they can just be flexible. If they're going to have a pretty good record, that's okay. They have so many picks that they're going to be able to still build a team with a lot of young talent and start from a better spot in the standings. If they end up being bad, if they trade people and they go down to the bottom of the standings and they get great picks. So I don't think that there's really a lose in the scenario. It's just a win-win. Mm-hmm. I, You were right. I was looking it up. The Jazz have the number five, as of right this moment, they have the number five offense still. Uh, but you are also right. They have the number 23 defense. So, you know, and that's that's another thing is, you know, Mike Conley will come back. And I think, you know, the offense is already pretty good. Honestly, it's actually pretty good. Uh, 
it's some other things that are going on that maybe maybe Mike Conley isn't even necessarily the thing that was that was needed, I guess. We are looking at a team that can't rebound when they need to. Uh, we have other teams that are offensive rebounding, and it's been kind of an Achilles heel for this Jazz team. They don't really have, you know, Walker Kessler is a rookie, and I think he can be a good rebounder. But, you know, I think one of the reasons we have a top five offense, and one of the, it's one of the reasons we've been so good, is you've got someone like Kelly Olynyk who moves the ball. You look at these advanced stats, the Jazz are the number six team in assist percentage. You know, I'm not like super versed in what that is, but it does tell me that they're doing a good job of of assisting the ball. Uh, they're like ninth in assist ratio. I'm just going through these advanced stats and they're like the Jazz are doing a good job. But man, they're let's see. Let's look at defensive rebound percentage. Number 29. <laughs> so like the Jazz, re, like Mike Conley coming back is not fixing that issue. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Jazz are so bad defensive because Honestly, it's like that whole saying, it's not really a good defensive possession if you don't rebound the ball. If they just get another shot, then it's not a good defensive possession. You just, all the work you did was for, for nothing. And so the Jazz are just not a good defensive rebounding team. And Mike Conley coming back will help the offense continue to be great. But the question is, does it really help you all that much? Like there's a world where Mike Conley comes back and yeah, he comes back and, and the offense maybe goes from like five to one, two, or three, or something like that. But I don't know if it's fixing the the defense. And I don't know if they'll actually... I mean, it makes me wonder if some of these teams out there have kind of figured out some MOs with how to beat the Jazz. And I think one of them is, if you crash the offensive glass, you're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds against the Jazz. And I think that's one of the things teams are doing. And it's working because Utah's struggling with that. And so... I don't know. The other hard thing is Conley's injured. And so even if you want to trade Mike Conley, I mean, he's injured. I was listening to Zach Lowe and Mike Prada. Mike Prada writes about, well, he used to write about the Wizards. He's, he works for the Athletic. I can't remember if he writes about the Wizards still. But, you know, they talked about Mike Conley. And Mike Prada's first question is, well, is he healthy? You know, and so we may want to trade Mike Conley if we can get something for him. But another team who's getting him, they want a player that's healthy. And I, I don't know. I mean, he's that's the thing is like you may not get a ton because player a team is trading for a player that's notoriously tends to get injured here and there. So so I don't know. I think the question that's kind of a giant question mark, to be honest. I don't think there's an easy answer with Conley. My preference would be to just see if you could make a move. But but we'll see. All right. We kind of mentioned him a little bit. Is Lowry Markinen going to be an all-star? Yeah, that's a big question. The, uh, I mean, just looking at his numbers, he's deserving. He's putting up 22 points a game on elite shooting. He's, we talked about early in the season, his three-point shooting was not great, and he's already climbed it back up to looks like 38.6% now. So he's, he's already like fix that part without dropping off his two point shooting, which I thought would happen and maybe it still will happen, but right now it hasn't. And so he's, he's out there putting out 22 points a game on 64% true shooting, which is just a really rare combination of volume and efficiency. You've only got really the elite scorers in the league, your Steph Curry's and guys like that who can score that much with that kind of efficiency. And he's doing that while he's grabbing over eight rebounds a game, two assists, 
And he's just looking like, you know, the best player on the court in half of these games. And so just by the numbers, he's deserving. The question, though, like it it almost always comes down to this when it's time for picking the all-star rosters is where are the Jazz in the standings? When the Jazz were at the top of the standings for the couple of years there, it was pretty much impossible to keep them out their stars out of the all-star game. But if the Jazz are right now, they're what, ninth? They could pretty easily look over Lowry Markinen if they're in ninth. So I think he's got a pretty decent shot, but it's definitely not guaranteed. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm looking up his numbers right now and he's had a breakout season. So for 22, he's averaging over his career average, which is not too bad, not too hard to do. He's, he's seven points better than his career average. He's 22 points, 8.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 52% field goal, 38% from three. I mean, he is, he's putting up numbers and the jazz are still a winning basketball team. I think that might be what it comes down to a little bit. He, if the jazz start losing a ton of games, I think that does hurt his, his standing, you know, cause he's not putting up like 28 points a game. He's not like putting out just dominant number. I mean, he's having a great, great season, fantastic season. And he's probably the front runner for most improved player or one of the front runners Gotta for be. most improved player. Um, but yeah, and I, I guess if you went through the different positions, you know, he's going to go in the wing position, you know, he's going up against guys like get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Like, I mean, LeBron James is in the West, so he's going up against someone like that. He's going up against a Paul George. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard's going to be considered because he's just not playing basketball. Uh, but then you start looking at different wings. He may get a chance just because of after those guys, it's hard for me to come up with like a ton of wings in the West. Yeah. It's uh, especially with the Lakers being bad. You've got, I mean, LeBron will still be voted in. There's no question. Yeah, The player, the fan vote will put LeBron in. Um, it's, and Anthony Davis will have a pretty good shot because of that, and he's been playing great as well. But the Lakers are bad, so it's possible that either of them could miss it. I wouldn't count on it. I'd expect both of them to be in there, but it's possible. And the way that the all-star voting works, it's just he's going up against front court players in the West. So that's going to include centers like Nikola Jokic, who's guaranteed to be in there. That's going to include... It depends on where they put certain players. I believe they'll put Luka Doncic as a guard. I think that's what they've done in the past. But you're right, Paul George, LeBron, 
I mean, you've got guys like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You mm-hmm. got I don't I That's think you're Zion right Williamson. By, yeah. I think you're right by saying Kawhi Leonard is not really gonna have a shot. He just hasn't played enough. It's possible if he starts playing now and plays really well, but right now it's not looking good. I don't think Towns is gonna have much of a shot um with how much time he's expected to miss. Gobert has not had the season that he's had in past years, so I don't think he's going to be – and we know people don't vote for Gobert, so yeah, I don't think he's a huge threat either. So I think that there's a shot, but it's – he, If he keeps it up, and he actually – he's been kind of on an uptick recently. Like he's been putting up some more consistent numbers. Yeah, but the, yeah, his three point shot has really come alive recently. So it has, and that was one thing that was pretty exciting earlier in the year. Is he was shooting like twenty percent from three and still putting up big numbers. And so I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised. But I'm going through the teams here. Brandon Ingram is someone he'll compete with, uh, but the Grizzlies don't really have a wing. Uh, you know, the Blazers. It's like Jeremy Grant. Are you really putting Jeremy Grant? He's had a great Martin? season. He's had a great season. We'll see. Yeah, the only thing is I just have a hard time. You know, they have a better record than the Jazz now. That's the thing. Um, Sacramento, you could argue, I guess, Keegan Murray, but I don't see him over Larry Markkinen. And then obviously there's Luka. DeMontis Sabonis Sabonis will be in the running there. Sacramento's Mm -hmm. having a pretty good year. I guess it, do they is it it's not by position completely it's just front court versus back court so they put okay. they put all the forwards and the centers all together so mm. so he is competing against Davis and Luka Doncic is going to be in there and Jokic and yeah I think Luka may be considered a guard for this which I mean he should be he plays point guard but mm-hmm. you never know with the NBA <laughs> yeah uh it's gonna be tough i honestly now that i'm going through it i mean you look at the warriors they're gonna get you know obviously steph's gonna be in there people might vote clay just from a fan vote yeah i mean wiggins was a all-star starter last year so that's right I, I <laughs> there's, there's draymond too so yeah there's there's no shortage of guys who are on that periphery the question is mm-hmm. if he can make his case you know, stronger than a Wiggins or a Jeremy Grant because a couple of those guys who are a step down from those top tier players are going to make it. He's just got to make his case the best of that group so he can get in. Yeah, he's he's going to have to put bigger numbers up. I mean, he does this thing. It's so weird. You look at his scoring. He'll do like 38, 23, 25, and then he dips. He'll do like a 13, and then he'll go back to 24, and then he'll dip to 15, and then he'll do a 32. He's very much like this, and it's up and down. And I just, I think one thing, and maybe that's what's exciting, is you can see a, a growth potential with marketing where maybe, you know, maybe this year is the first year of really him hitting a prime, and we find out that his prime's pretty awesome. Like, maybe he is a guy that can eventually be a 25-point-per-game guy. Uh, he's 22 right now, 22 and a half, 22.2. So I don't know. You put, you know, you bring back Mike Conley. Is, does that help his scoring? Does it hurt it? I think it can only help. Yeah. Um, but, but we've already talked about that. I'm not, not quite sure what's going to happen with Mike Conley. Uh, let's see. That, oh, go uh, ahead. My one thing on, uh, Markinen's scoring, how you mentioned it, you know, it's up and down. I think that's kind of a product of his role on this team while he is the, 
the lead scorer, he's not necessarily the go-to guy in the offense, if that makes sense. It's kind of like it's a very equal opportunity offense, and a lot of marketing and scoring comes off cuts or curls. You know, within the flow of the offense, it's not a lot of create your own shot sort of play. So a lot of these guys who are scoring 20 to 25 points a game like he is, they're typically guys who have the ball in their hands all the time and are creating offense. And he's more of just a finisher of plays rather than a creator of plays. And so there are games where the way that he's defended makes it so he just doesn't get the same opportunities and he doesn't put up the same number of shots. And if he's missing, if he if he's having a rough game like everyone does, it's very it goes very easily from you know one we'll see him put up 20 and a half and then the next half he plays it's zero because he just doesn't have those same opportunities he's uh kind of a unique player not a lot of guys can put up 22 points a game without having the ball in their hands that often mm-hmm. yeah he's he's shown so much and i think i mean i had an expectation of him when he came over that he's completely blown away and some of it's i wonder if he's just been so much better for us or if it's just this is what he was doing and just not allowed to maybe it's a little bit of both uh but yeah the the there's so many different things he does that you kind of have to watch him to see but he he'll hit tough shots and one of the things i notice is that when he's able to cut to the rim those are the nights that he scores 30 to 35 points like Mm -hmm. when he gets when he cuts to the rim especially when mike conley was playing he gets those kind of baskets and easy baskets. And I think teams that are taking that away from him is one of the things that, that teams are doing pretty well now to hurt his scoring, but he's still putting up 30 point nights, even without Mike Conley. He's had like Mike Conley has been out what the last five and he's had one, two, three games over 20 points and one 32 point game. So he's been, he's been awesome. I mean, there's just no way around it that you, he has been, Fantastic. And I think one of the things I don't think anyone quite knows what's going to happen with this jazz season. It's been so up and down. I think they're going to give him a big, nice contract, you know, which is kind of you, you kind of think about the timelines for the jazz. It fits perfectly with what they're kind of potentially doing. And maybe this is a little bit of me kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, but if you give Matt, uh, market in a big contract that fits perfectly with some rookie contracts that you'll bring on and the jazz are going to be bringing on a lot of rookie contracts over the next few years and so maybe that's one thing that may influence some sort of conley trade if you need to move 22 million um i don't know i guess we'll see but i do think the best thing they can do is is lock up marketing because he's just how old is he he's just 25 i think he's 25 he's, yeah, so he's just entering his prime right now. And so it's it's fantastic that they got him. They can offer him more. So it's great. It's That's one of the things that's really exciting about this year, too, is the Jazz have taken a chance on a bunch of guys. And Markinen has absolutely been one of those guys that has panned out in a great, awesome way. The other guy they picked up that we were curious to see uh, how he'd develop, and he's had a lot bigger role since Mike Conley has been out, is Colin Sexton. Um, what have you seen from Colin Sexton since this season and also since Mike Conley's been out? Yeah, we everything. <laughs> um, everything from the really good to the really bad. Colin Sexton is just uh he is watching him is 
an experience because he's a hundred miles an hour all the time. And sometimes that's exactly what we need. And sometimes it's exactly what we don't need. And so I think he's still trying to find his role. He's had a couple of games that it just looked his fit on the court just looked awful. There were a couple of games where it felt like his minutes were really hurting the team, but then he's come back and had games where he's been exactly what we needed. Someone who could create offense and push the ball and get to the rim on his own without setting up a whole play. And he's had, he, after probably his worst game of the year, he came back and had his first double double of the season with some really great passing. And so we've seen a lot of flashes of both the good and the bad of Colin Sexton. And so I'm still not sure what to what to make of him. I think he's a big question mark. The Jazz gambled on him by giving him this extension in the sign-in trade with Donovan Mitchell. And right now, I don't know if you could say that it's been a good or a bad gamble because we're still very much in the testing phase. I don't know. Um, I don't know what Colin Sexton's future looks like. I could see a world where he figures things out, he finds a good role within the team, and he excels in it, and he becomes a really valuable player. And I could see a world where that contract looks really, really bad. And whatever happens, it's going to be really – it's going to have a big effect on the Jazz. Um, The Jazz do not have a lot of money tied up in anybody, especially after this year and give it two years and there's almost nobody on the books, but we've got this Colin Sexton contract. And so that could have a big impact on team building, whether he's going to be a piece for the future or an albatross contract could be a really big swing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been interesting. I mean, he's kind of had two seasons in a way he's had the pre Mike Conley injury and post Mike Conley injury. And Obviously, he's stepped into that starting role since Mike Conley went out, and it's kind of been a nice opportunity for the Jazz to see what they have with Colin as their starting point guard. That first game that he started against the Clippers, he had one assist, and it was a little rough. Uh, he was 5 for 13 from the field, but he it wasn't great. But the last four games, he's actually, I mean, he's got 12 assists, 7 assists, 5 assists, 5 assists 6 assists. So he's actually started to move the ball and create shots for other people. And there are times where you're watching him. It's a little more mechanical. Mike Conley is such a fluid player and everything looks so natural and easy to Mike Conley when he's on the, on the floor with, with Colin Sexton, everything's like, like, like hard edges and like, and, and mechanical a little bit with his passing, but he is doing it. And so I wonder if this isn't, we're seeing him kind of develop. It's so I'm just looking at I'm on basketball reference here. I'm just looking at his last five games without Mike Conley, which is kind of interesting. 30 minutes, 54% from the field, which is solid. He's shooting just 27% from three, but he is averaging 6.2 assists. So he is he is he is moving the ball and he's let's see, 3.2 free throws a game. So there's some things that are nice to see, and I think he's kind of figuring it out. And I do wonder if it's like the future for Colin Sexton, I think, is what he was when Mike Conley was playing. I do think that him being a sixth man is kind of what he's going to be. Although the Jazz kind of already have that in Jordan Clarkson, who's having just a phenomenal season um, in, you know, just by his standards. He's been fantastic. But I do think that 
it's been a nice chance to have him come in and really learn what's important while he's on the floor, and that's moving the ball. Will Hardy seems to just absolutely demand that they move the ball and play hard, get get up the court in transition, get back in transition defense, things like that. And I think they're learning, and he's doing that. And so this may be in the long run really good for him so that when he comes in as a sixth man, it's not just come in and crash to the rim and try to score. It's like moving the ball within the offense. So I think there's some things to be happy about, like him learning how to to be a better NBA player and a winning NBA player instead of just a guy that can come in and score 20 points because he's going to just shoot the ball when he gets it. But it's like he's a guy that can help you win a game and we've seen him do it a couple times like we have at least one or two games where colin sexton came in and won the game because he came in and scored and and his energy is fantastic you it, you can tell he cares like one thing you can't argue about colin sexton is does he care no this guy cares he wa- he wants he wants to be great he wants to win and he's doing everything he can it's just can he kind of figure it out so Absolutely. He's got more passion on the court than I think all of last year's jazz team had combined. So I know. <laughs> that's it's refreshing. It is. And there, yeah, like you said, there is no question that he's out there trying his hardest. Um, I thought that his game against Phoenix just uh, two games ago was probably his best game of the year where he, the jazz were struggling. They couldn't really put together much, um, you know, couldn't put together a great run. They were staying close, but they just never really clicked. But Colin Sexton was making things happen. I thought that he was really important in that game. He got to the free throw line eight times. He, yeah, like you, like you mentioned, he was dishing the ball, five assists. He scored 20 in that game, but it just felt like more than just, you know, the numbers, like he was able to create offense when the team couldn't do it. And that's something that – that's what can, gets me excited is he's got this physical ability that not a lot of players have, just pure speed and athleticism that is rare. And if he can really channel that and figure out how to put that within an offense and you know not get out of his own – sorry, he needs to get out of his own way sometimes we see him running too fast – going a one-on-three fast break and getting a turnover or, you know, just some poor decisions. But when he puts it together and he has a game where he's making those right choices, he becomes really difficult to guard. Um, I forgot who – I think it was uh, Riley um, on Twitter saying that the uh, – that Colin Sexton, if he had the – decision-making of Mike Conley would be the best player in the league. And (laughs) it makes a lot of sense because he's just – you can't stay in front of a guy with his kind of speed and quickness. And so if you could put that kind of – just if he could develop that basketball IQ, uh, understanding of the game, and he could, you know, just make those decisions quickly, he'd be so hard to guard. And so I still think there's a ton of potential there. I just don't know if he'll be able to achieve it. And I worry about the jazz position with him if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there's an element of him being this guy 
with this team and and losing some games, but learning how to play within the system. And let's say the Jazz do go out and get like a dynamic player in the draft that that Sexton can play off of. If he's spent all this year learning how to play better within a system, and because that's Will Hardy mentioned something last game that I think was really interesting. He just talked about how it's a shared system, or or he called it equal opportunity. And Colin Sexton, I think, has probably had some growing pains there because he's just his mentality is like go and he's unafraid and he's he's gonna like if no one wants the ball, well, give me the ball and I'll go, you know. And and I think he's learning to play kind of in that equal opportunity. And so as the Jazz because the Jazz have Colin Sexton for the next four or five years. Like, this is not something that's just this season. They're, he's going to be a part of the Jazz for a long while. And I just doubt there's a team out there that's really going to offer the Jazz all that much for Colin Sexton, you know? And so if they can develop him into a high-level, above-average player at whatever role he's in, then it's it's fantastic. Because the Jazz, over the next five years, are going to be adding some really nice talent in the draft. And recently, I guess that's the last topic we're going to talk about here. But if, if anyone hasn't noticed the jazz lost five games in a row and they went from number one in the Western conference and are now ninth. that's how close the Western conference is. And that's how quickly you can drop. And some fans are just really bummed about it. And some fans are really, really excited and happy. about it. Uh, and not, not only the jazz pick, which is now in the lottery, by the way, if you go to tankathon.com, you can go sim the lottery and watch the jazz pick. They also have the wolves pick. And we just found out today, I think it was today that, uh, or maybe it was yesterday that Carl Anthony towns, his has, is going to be out. What is it? Four to six weeks with, um, <laughs> with, uh, a leg injury of some, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyways, Four to six weeks, the Wolves are going to lose some games. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a very flawed player. You know, he's not a super athletic defender, but the guy can shoot the ball, and offensively, he is very, very good and spaces that floor. And so this Wolves team is going to be looking at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A rough four to six weeks. <laughs> but for Jazz fans, this is going to be an amazing four to six weeks watching the Wolves struggle. It's going to be amazing. Um, what's, what is next? Well, let's see. How much should we be looking at the Jazz draft pick or should we just be looking at the Wolves draft pick? And and how excited are you to be back in Wembenyama Rama? <laughs> Well, we have to be looking at both picks and I mean it's a it's a dream scenario getting Wembenyama. He's just unbelievable and the more he plays and he you can watch almost all of his games, the more he plays, the more I and everyone else am convinced that he's just generational. And so whoever ends up getting him is getting someone a really special player so 
that's that he right there is the number one reason that you know there's a whole contingency of jazz fans who are set on tanking and but outside of him there are a lot of other reasons and a lot of them are going to be drafted in the top 10 this season and then there's next season and the season after that so there's always going to be a reason and a lot of good reasons to tank if you can really do it i don't know if the jazz are actually going to do it though that's i don't think that they're they're losing on purpose i think it's pretty clear that will hardy and the players on the court want to win but like we've talked about before players and coaches always want to win it's the question is the front office so we're going to have to see what they do if they're, if they're going to make these trades like you're talking about with Conley or maybe Olenek. But right now it doesn't look like either of those picks. I think even with Towns out, the Wolves have too much talent to really bottom out. I think that a team – there may even be an argument that they're going to be a more balanced team with Gobert with just one of their centers rather than both so far they've had a pretty clunky fit together and so maybe the wolves find some find some balance towns is a really good player but maybe they figure out something with him out so i don't know if either one of those picks is guaranteed to be even a top five pick but i do think you're right that both of them have a chance to get there Mm -hmm. i i just man we've lost five games i just wanted to be a fly on the wall in the jazz front office and and just hear what the jazz front office is thinking about this because they've got to they've got to be thinking about it too i mean i you know this is obviously wishful thinking we're near the end of the podcast i was just thinking is there really a more perfect player to come and a more perfect system than what will hardy has set up with the jazz than for victor when you consider how unselfish he is I mean, the guy is not someone that just has to have the ball in his hands. He's also a guy that is willing to go set screens for other players. You know, he'll go set a screen and do a pick and pop or he'll he can roll to the rim. That's what's so crazy about him is he can literally do everything, like literally everything. And you want him to run a pick and roll. He can run it. He's seven foot four. You want him to be the pick and ro- the screen setter in a pick and roll. He can do it. He can do pop. He can do roll to the rim. He can. He also passes out of the role. He can pass out of the, I mean, it's just wild. He can do everything. Oh, and he's an elite shooter. Oh, and he like, oh, and we haven't even talked about defensively. He's longer than Gobert and taller and probably more mobile. It's act. It's wild. (sighs) So (laughs) when you just mentioned the name, it just makes you think, man, the jazz will have two shots, two shots at this guy. And even if they don't get him, that's the other thing. And I, I guess this was kind of the question is like, this is a draft where even if you miss out on Wimbenyama, it's going to be, you know, devastating to not win that pick for anyone who's tried for it. But Scoot Henderson is an all NBA level player. Like he is going to make an all NBA team when he comes into the league. Uh, Amon Thompson and his, his, bro- his twin brother Asar are some of the most athletic players I've ever seen. I like it's it's insanity. Uh Brandon Miller looks like an athletic Clay Thompson right now for Alabama. He looks unreal. I mean, he's going out there and shooting seven for nine from three in these games. Go look up Brandon Miller. It's nuts. And he's like the number four. You know, it's wild stuff. And we haven't even seen Cam Whitmore play. 
And that guy looks like he's going to tear the rim off of the backboard every time he's on. The floor. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just an absolutely bonkers draft. And if, if we win the number one pick it, I've talked about this before. It's a number one Utah sports moment of all time. I don't know if they're, yeah. if we win that number one pick, I, I mean, I, cause I watched those Stockton Malone finals and it was like, Oh, that's probably it. But man, those were just feelings of dread the whole time. This is, I don't know. I just think you have a chance to absolutely win the title. If you get Victor, you're probably winning at least one title. And then if you consider that we have all these other picks coming and you will just continually supplement Victor with talent. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I just don't care. Trade Mike Conley. You know, the other thing too is it's not even necessary. And sorry, I, we're probably going to be end at 45 minutes. This is the other thing too. It's not even just necessarily Mike Conley. You know who else has been kind of scuffling a little bit recently is Malik Beasley. He had those two games where he scored like 50 something points in two games. And he's quietly like scuffled the last three or four games. And he's been a guy that has played really well for Utah. But the shooting is kind of tapered off a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Clarkson, I'm a little worried. I mean, I guess if I want Wimbenyama, I'm not worried. But if he's been so good percentage wise shooting three. And we've seen this before with Jordan Clarkson, where he when he won the sixth man of the year, his percentages at the beginning of the year were phenomenal. But then the last half of the year, they actually were pretty, pretty rough. And so I'm not sure if that's what we're going to see happen with Jordan Clarkson or because I think he probably I think at some point we had heard that he was dealing with like an ankle injury of some sort. And, you know, it's it's inevitable that who knows. But I I don't know. I if it was me in the front office, I would just see what I could do to get Conley somewhere. And Malik Beasley, I'm sure, has a lot of value. Probably a first round pick worth of value from somebody. You know, I'm I mean, I, you know, Milwaukee, I'm sure, would die to have Malik Beasley, or like Denver might be excited to have Malik Beasley come back, or some, you know, there there are contenders out there that might be willing to get him. And then, you know, any of the other veterans on this team, like Kelly Olinick. There might be a team out there that's seen what he's doing for Utah and just says, we'd like to have that on our team. And so, I don't know. There are some big decisions for Danny Ainge, and I think this season is going to continue to be really interesting because who knows what's going to happen next. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? What are your thoughts? Should the Jazz tank or should they just stay the course? I am I'm planted firmly on the fence. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know which way to go. I, I keep leaning to one side or the other, and I'm right now I'm not able to say for sure which way I'd go. So I, I think, like I've said before, the Jazz can do either way, and it can be the right – it can be a really good choice. I think they have a lot of flexibility because another option we haven't talked about, we're talking about all these picks we have as if we're making all of these picks and building talent through the draft, which is – obviously a great route that we can go but there's another route which is maybe a, a star wants to leave somewhere else and who has all the picks to trade the jazz do so maybe the jazz can build through trades we know that they're not going to build through free agency that's just not an option for utah but 
when you have so many first round picks, the, the Jazz have, they have just a ridiculous number of first round picks. You can put together multiple trade packages for star players that can beat out other teams. So I think that the Jazz have a whole lot of flexibility. And I think whichever way they go, they're going to be set up pretty well. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I think they actually haven't been. I But I think one thing that has been pretty wild is just Mike Conley is very, a pretty essential part of everything they do. And I, I don't know if they really realized how important he was. And so we'll see if he gets back, if his shooting uh, gets back to what it was. And, and if the assist, I'm sure the assists will. The system with Will Hardy is fantastic. And Mike Conley looks like he wants to be back. It's just hard to recover from a bad ankles turn you know so or i think it was a knee sprain so um anyways that's all i got tonight colin anything else you want to add nope that's it for me awesome well guys if you haven't already if you're listening to the slc dunk podcast please make sure to to subscribe and and to leave a review on apple or on spotify or wherever you're at i actually haven't checked spotify i should check the reviews there why <laughs> i wonder what is being said but uh um, and if you're on the YouTube, I would appreciate a like and subscribe as well. But thank you, Colin. I guess we'll talk next week.